Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are live here from ER Bradley Saloon on Clamata Street in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, for another edition of National Spring Training Live. Here for the next hour, Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler with you. This afternoon in Jupiter, Nationals fell to the Cardinals 5-1. Stone Garrett started the game in right field. He had a pair of base hits, including a double into the left field corner, and he joins us here in the first half hour. Then right-hander Jake Urban will be our guest in the second half hour. We have we have Nationals fans in the house, a good number tonight. So, hey, let's let's have everybody in D.C. here, you folks who are listening back home. These are the folks who made it down to Florida and taking in the show live. Yeah, it's good. To, you know, the crowd's been better. It's you know, obviously a, a new location here. We're excited to be down here at E.R. Bradley. So this is our, our third show, one more to go. We're, you know, opening day is, is – Closing in on us two and a half weeks from today. The Nationals will be getting it going for real. Yeah, and I guess you two and a half weeks left in spring training for somebody like Stone Garrett who's trying to win a job in the roster. These are exciting times. Thanks for coming by and doing this. Yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, heard good things from the guys I've done in the previous weeks, so happy to be here. Also, so the story's out on us, huh? It's out. It's out for sure. <laughs> so you volunteered. You didn't run away. Is it? Yeah, I volunteered. Okay, good. It's a good spot, right? It's a nice spot, yeah. It's a nice spot. Go. A couple pool tables. Good spot. Hey, your, your baseball career as a professional began on this coast of Florida with the Marlins who drafted you. Yeah, I uh, got drafted out of high school in 2014. was with them from 2014 to 2020, so pretty familiar with the West Palm, Jupiter area. Out of uh, George Ranch High School in Richmond, Texas, Stone, someone asked, was that his real name? That's actually your middle name, but there's a good story as to why you're called Stone. Yeah, middle name. Um, my dad's nickname was Rock. He got that from me and the tough kid, uh, always playing with his older brother's street football. So uh, I got the, the name Stone. A chip off the rock, right, is a stone. <laughs> we can go with that. <laughs> now, uh, you, you obviously, uh, you, you're your first spring training with the Nationals. You were with Arizona, made it to the big leagues last year. We'll get into your kind of interesting route to, to make it to the major leagues. But uh, how have you found your, your new teammates, your first spring training with the Nationals? How you fit in with the guys? And, uh, you know, what's, what's the, the feel around the, the vibe around the clubhouse right now? Yeah, everybody's great. Um, I think for a lot of the guys, it's their first year with the Nationals, so everybody's getting to know everybody, um, the coaches, the staff. Everybody's great. Um, I have no complaints so far. Um, it's pretty competitive in there. You know, um, this team, you know, it's competitive. There's no really set in stone spots, so um, it's up for grabs. And you, you had a chance to, you know, you were a free agent after Arizona designated you. You know, what kind of stood out about the Nationals and their offer and the, and the chance to come here? Um, I've heard nothing but, you know, good things about them. Either that's playing against them when I was with the Marlins um, or the guys that don't play there anymore. Trust Barrera actually had nothing but good things to say. I worked out with him this offseason. He had nothing good things about, like, nothing – Nothing bad to but, say. Nothing but good things. Yes. <laughs> nothing nothing yeah. bad to say about the organization. <laughs> yeah, the up until this year is where the Nats is in entire pro career. Yeah, yeah, nice with the Cardinals. So I actually saw him today on the field. So 
uh, he's a good friend, and uh, I, I took his word for it. As far as your, your season last year, you, you finally had a chance to make the, the big leagues with, uh, with Arizona. Do you, do you kind of have a memory that jumped out for your first go-around in the big leagues? Um, the first game was cool. I was ready to play. People asked me if I was nervous, but that was, that was a cool game to play. But I think playing in Dodger Stadium, um, that was kind of surreal, you know, growing up and, you know, hearing Vince Scully, you know, be on those games. Um, and then hitting my first home run against Dylan Cease in Chicago, mm-hmm. my, a lot of my friends came out to see that series, and uh, that was the only the game, game I played that series. And <laughs> I hit a home run, I rounded third, and I was pointing at them. I could hear them from the stands <laughs> cheer me on as I touched home, so that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And you were having a terrific year last year in AAA when you got the chance to come up to the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, we were just having fun. That team went on to win the PCL. Um, Gil Velasquez, the manager there, all those guys were great. Um, so we were just having fun, and the, the numbers, you know, showed from themselves with us just having fun and going out there and competing. Now, when people see you, and folks listening on the radio can't appreciate it as much as the folks are here watching the show, look at this guy. I mean, you see him, you know, a stone, a chip off a rock. I mean, all of you is a rock, and probably people think, well, he's not a baseball player. He's got to be a football player. I get football all the time. Um, <laughs> I really get baseball. I get football all the time. I'm used to it, yeah. So is your dad you know, jacked like that too or what? Yeah, he kind of got lazy, but, you know, back in the day, <laughs> um, yeah. He, I've seen pictures of when he was in the Navy. He looked pretty similar. So, what, I mean, what's your, your workout routine to be tailored to baseball? I mean, ideally you want to be a quick twitch athlete. It's, it's quick stop, stopping and starting. You know, how do you kind of tailor your, your physique to try to be successful in baseball? Right, that's a great question. Because you don't see a lot of guys built like you in baseball. Right, so um, the days of like maxing out and squat and venture over, so now it's more functional training. How can I get my hips to fire in the right sequency uh, for my swing and throwing? Um, how can I get my hips to be more flexible, range of motion? How can I get my traps to be more loose to throw the baseball? So um, this offseason, I really try to tailor it around um, functional fitness for training. Um, actually went to a place a lot of golfers go to in Scottsdale. And those guys uh, did a pretty good job with me. Now, you did play football, right? Yeah, I played football my first two years in high school. So up to my first two years in high school. I played since I was five. So pretty much from the 10 years, five to 15. Uh, and then I had a couple buddies get hurt and couldn't miss, missed out on baseball. So I was like, I should probably just focus on baseball. But probably the reason you got this way is training for football more than for baseball. 100% the last year. I was working out heavy, and I uh, went out for baseball trials, and I couldn't throw the ball from left field to third. And I was like, it's because my traps were so tight. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. So uh, that, that was the deciding factor. So you talk, you talk about the functional fitness. I mean, are, is that, are you, how much throwing are you doing in the offseason? Are you doing long toss and stuff like pitchers would do to, to kind of get the, the carry on your throws? Yeah, absolutely. Or is it all in the gym? Absolutely. No, no, no. Uh, you know, you're still doing baseball workouts um, on the field. So long toss, you know, running bases, getting start, steel starts. So definitely got to play long toss, you know, before spring training rolls around. Well, we saw a runner on a ball to you and, you know, fairly deep right field, think he could tag up and go to second, and you gunned him down. Yeah, I know Kramer. I've known Kramer for a while. Uh, he should know better. But, uh, <laughs> Kramer Robinson. You know, yeah, you do want to try it out, so, you know. That wasn't even close. Yeah, no, right on the money. So he found out. All right. <laughs> He's not doing that again, right? We'll, we'll see. Uh so it's very interesting. You're in camp. You mentioned the competition for spots on this roster. And for, you, that's an attraction when you are a free agent. Where can I go where there's a chance to win a job? 100%. You look at it and saying, you know, I had a good tenure with the D-backs in the big leagues. Um, I know I can compete at this level. Where can I go for my best shot to prove that I can keep on doing this? And uh, the Nationals came up and, you know, 
Uh, they offered a 40-man spot, and I, I took it. So your, your journey from the, the Marlins organization to the Diamondbacks organization had a little bit of a break in, in the middle of your baseball career. And, you know, not every, you know, some guys, every guy's path to the big leagues is different. Some guys are a straight line, the HOV lane. Some guys have twists and turns. You have a twist and turn to your career that I've, I've never heard of before. So kind of take us through what happened and how much the pandemic was involved in this, uh, your time with the Marlins organization, what you were doing, and how you ended up in the Arizona organization. This, this is an unbelievable uh, twist and turn to a story and, and really good fortune. Right. So like I said, got drafted in 14 by the Miami Marlins, uh, played until 2020. So 2020, came down to Jupiter for like two weeks. COVID happened, went home. We all thought we were coming back. Um, and actually in 2019, the off season, probably like November, December, I got my real estate license because the girl I was dating at the time was a realtor. And I was like, this would be a great job to do in the off season. Um, so COVID happens. We go home. I'm like, all right, we're, I don't think we're going to go back and play baseball this year. So I end up just selling houses. Uh, family, friends, out-of-state investors, um, just helping friends find rental apartments. So I was just making commission checks were really good, really good compared to minor <laughs> league paychecks. So I was doing that. Um, and then 2021 rolled around. I still wasn't signing anywhere. And I ended up signing to it. So you, you, didn't play, you didn't go to the alternate site. You didn't play baseball anywhere in 2020. Nothing. Right? Nothing, okay. yeah. Um, I didn't get released by the Marlins, but my minor league contract expired, which is very rare because that's seven years. Okay. Um, 2021 rolls around. I ended up signing to an indie ball team. Um, but I knew, I knew I could still compete at a professional level, affiliated baseball. Um, so it's like March now, and I'm signed to this independent ball team. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there. I'll give it one year. I'll give it one year, and if I don't get back to affiliated, you know, we'll move on. Move on from the game of baseball as a player. Um, and then I got a LinkedIn message from my video guy in 2014. So the video guy, he just shows up to the game, records the videos, whatever. I was always nice to this guy. And he reached out and said, hey, glad to see you're doing well. Keep in touch. And I said, hey, Dan, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, glad to see you're doing well, too. He saw you because of your real estate work. I only made LinkedIn because of my real estate page. Okay. I don't know why I made LinkedIn. It, I wasn't that good of a realtor to have a LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he reached out. And then a couple days went by. I was like, man. Maybe this guy knows a open position somewhere with an organization. So I said, hey, Dan, do you know of any organizations willing to give me a chance? I feel like I can still compete at AA or above. Because during COVID, I saw these guys playing in the big leagues that I played against in AA in 2019. And I was like, I, I'm better than these guys. So um, he said, yeah, let me check. Two days later, I get an Instagram message from a guy with the Diamondbacks saying, hey, do you have an agent? If so, what's his number? I get my agent's number, and then two days later, I'm signed to go to spring training with the Diamondbacks in two weeks. And then 2021, played all in AA. They re-signed me back in 2022. AAA made my debut. So if you did not have your real estate license and you weren't on LinkedIn, maybe you never make the big leagues. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, what, what, a, what a twist and turn of fate. It's right? crazy. Or even if you did, and he just gave you a, hey, glad to see how you're doing. Thanks, you too, and just didn't follow it up. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. My hitting coach back home, Sid Holland, he was like, you should reach out to this guy and see if he knows anything. Because, you know, Maybe teams didn't get alerted that I was a free agent. Um, and then just he didn't really have to reach out, and I'm, I'm thankful he did. Unbelievable story. We're visiting with Stone Garrett of the Nationals. You're listening to National Spring Training Live here from ER Bradley Saloon in downtown West Palm Beach. We'll continue with more after these messages on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, 
or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 1-1, swing a long drive, hook down the left field line toward the corner. Will it stay fair? It's way back there, and it is gone. Down into the Marlins bullpen in left field toward the corner. Stone Garrett with his fourth hit of the spring and his first home run. He has tied this game with a long ball to left. The Nationals won and the Marlins won. Gore's 1-2 delivery. Swing a high, high fly ball up into the wind right field. Garrett, the right fielder, drifting back under it. Near the track, makes the catch. Runner Robertson tags at first, trying for second. Garrett's throw is on target and in plenty of time. Robertson slides into the tag for the out. A strike thrown from the edge of the warning track from Stone Garrett to C.J. Abrams, and that play was not even close. And that happened this afternoon at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, Florida. Stone Garrett joining us here at E.R. Bradley Saloon in downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagger with you up until 7 o'clock with National Spring Training Live. Home run against the Marlins. We, you know, that's your organization, right? That had to feel pretty good. Yeah, it felt good. Get the <laughs> first enjoy the trip out of the way. Enjoy the trip around the bases against those guys? Yeah, it felt – well, a lot of those guys aren't even there anymore. Right. But, you know, it still feels good. It's like, it's <laughs> it's like the against the uniform, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hey, we were talking during the break about the Nationals and winning the World Series in Game 7. You were there in Houston. Tell us about it. Yeah, I was there. Um, took a buddy of mine. Um, thought it would be a good game to go to, so got our hands on two tickets, and we went. Yeah, it was a fun game. That couldn't have been easy get for tickets at that point, huh? No, but I, I forgot who got them for us. I think it was my agent, so uh, he's always hooking it up. So, so I who, was there. who were you rooting for? I was rooting for you guys, actually. Really? Yeah, I won't, so I won't, I won't explain why, but okay. Yeah. I was right. also at the Game 7, Atlanta-Houston, and I wasn't rooting for the home team. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So you're not an Astros fan, huh? I was an 05 Astros fan, but not, not anymore. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Different. They were a National League team then. 
different different story. So all, so all of it, we had that in common. We were all there at Game Seven. Yeah. That, that was that was a great game to be at. Yeah, it really was. And uh, you know, crazy series where nobody won a home game. Did you follow it closely? No, I was just like, hey, Game Seven's in town. Let's go. And uh, we went, and it was an exciting game. Really was, and uh, of course, great how, moments. How, how, how was your view of Kendrick's home run? Where, where were your seats? Did you have a pretty good view of whether the ball was going to stay we fair were, or hit the pole? Yeah, we were behind the Nationals dugout, so third base side, probably one section to the right um, if you're looking up into the stands from the dugout. So, yeah, so you had we a great had, view. Yeah, we had a great view. It was a great view. Yeah, yeah and it and was a, a fun game. An impossible pitch down and away as a right-handed hitter to keep fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember that swing, but I just remember it being a good game. And obviously how he's a good hitter, so, you know. And you mentioned your agent hooking you up, Larry Reynolds. He's a longtime agent. That's, that's Harold Reynolds' brother, for those who know Harold Reynolds from MLB Network, former big league infielder. And it was – Larry became your agent because you met Harold in an elevator. Yeah, I was in New York City for like a home run derby during all-star break when I was in high school and met Harold in the elevator. He's like, hey, you should reach out to my brother. He's an agent. So gave him a call. Literally had the business card, gave him a call. Uh, Show up to my house, you know, a couple weeks later. Uh, we talked. Thought it would be a good fit and uh, went with him. Because you had a chance to play college baseball at Rice. Yeah, I was committed to Rice University where Anthony Rendon went. Um, but, you know, I knew I wanted to go professional straight out, of, straight out of high school. I could always go back to college, which I plan on doing. Well, and that with your with your real estate, you know, the first time I, I met you was talking to you about that whole the whole story with the real estate. And you, I know you have an interest in commercial real estate. You work for a pretty good organization for that. You, uh, the, the learners have uh, have done a few things in real estate. So I hope you get the chance to uh, to make that connection. Yeah, I'm definitely. So are the, is that kind of your interest post baseball to get yeah, back into the real estate? For sure, commercial, uh, industrial. Um, you know, whenever post baseball career starts, definitely looking into that. Yeah, you could you could get some pretty good consultations with people who've been in it for a long time and been a little bit successful. Yeah, just a little. But you mentioned Anthony Rendon, um, Carl Crawford. Yeah. These are all Houston guys. Yeah. How uh, well do you know or do you know any of them? Um, yeah, I met Carl a couple of times. We'd work out at the same gym. So um, His son's pretty good now playing yeah, too, huh? Yeah, and he's young. He's like, what, 19 or 20? Wow. Um, and I actually saw his son for the first time when he was like 15 or 16 in Houston. We would hit with the same guy. But, you know, when I got drafted, I was fortunate enough to hit with a great group of guys, Robbie Grossman, Kevin Biggio, Jay Bruce, Michael Bourne, um, guys like that, Taylor Featherson, a bunch of guys. Um, and that's important. Um, I realized how important that was being at such young, being very young and hitting with those older, veteran, experienced guys. Um, just the mental aspect of it. You know, they, they tell you stuff you would take three years by yourself to learn. Hmm. Um, just so if you could get ahead of the curve, you know, three-year curve, you're learning a lot. And uh, that's what the Nationals are good at. I feel like they're good at exposing the young guys to the older guys. And we just, you know, take those guys in. So, so who, are you, who are you watching in that role for this spring? I mean, who, who are some of the, the guys you can take a cue from? Um, the older guys? Yeah. Um, I think Dominic Smith has been the best. Um, Corey Dickerson as well. Mm -hmm. Those guys have been around a long time. Professional at bats right there. Very professional at bats. Yep. Um, so just picking their brain um, after the game. Um, Corey's been very vocal about, you know, two-strike approach with the runner and scoring position, just battling from, you know, the first pitch. And Dom, it's more off-the-field stuff. You know, this is how you go about your business, you know, in the weight room, in the cage. Um, just, just, you know, all-around professionals. Corey Dickerson kind of changed his career with his two-strike approach a few years back. 
Yeah, he he's, he went. Uh, he he chokes up a lot and he, he spreads out. I mean, what's your? Are you kind of pretty similar with two strikes, or what are you? What yeah. are you thinking? Um, I hate saying let the ball get deeper because everybody throws 100 nowadays. So <laughs> if it's deeper, it's in the catcher's glove. But just trying to give yourself an you know extra you know fraction of a second to see the ball, let it get deep, and uh, you know battle. I know talking with Davey Martinez, Nationals manager, after the game last night. For him, he's at the point of the spring where he wants to see what guys do with men on base. You know, uh, do you advance the runner? Are you able to hit the ball the other way or not give away at bats because, you know, you swing at a, at a breaking ball on a 2-0 count? Right, yeah. Things like that. Um, really making you think about what you're doing in the at-bat. You know, getting on base and then being able to produce runs. Um, I think we have a pretty speedy team, so if we can get on base, you know, swipe a bag or two a game and then have those guys knock them in, you know, move them over and then knock them in. Um, we can, I feel like we can produce balls, you know, with the long ball and also with small ball. So uh, it'll, it'll be fun to see this year. Dave, how did we get this far in and not ask him about the clock and what it's been like? <laughs> have you had any issues with it? Um, Are the fact I, that you played in AAA last year? Yeah, tri playing in AAA um, definitely helped me a bit. Uh, I feel like it wasn't as strict in AAA because um, it wasn't really huh. under the microscope. Um, but this year, you know, you get in some counts where you wish that, you know, you had five more seconds. Um, or if you hit a foul ball and some clock starters, I feel like, start the clock sooner than others. Um, so you'll be out of breath in the, you know, <laughs> batter's box, and hopefully you haven't taken, taken your time out. So well, we you, saw you, today a bunch of guys almost in a row. It was like four or five at well, bats, did you two have strikes. Was there a conversation because Thomas got rung up? You know, he was, as we find out after the game, he was, he was banging his bat on the ground thinking maybe he broke his bat. Tick, 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 tick. Yep. All of a sudden, he gets rung up, third strike, second day in a row. It seemed like every hitter, the next three innings that went to two strikes, it, you guys were automatically taking your time out with two strikes. Was that something that was explicitly said in the dugout to do that? Uh, no, I didn't hear anybody say it. But uh, obviously, if you see somebody get rung up with the clock, it's unfortunate. You don't yep. want to be that guy. But Lane was talking about it. I think he was, you know, like you said, checking if his bat was broken or not. And then the home plate umpire, like after the next inning when he's Lane was coming off the field, ran all the way out there to talk to him. I mean, there were some. Well, he said basically, if that happens again, tell me, and I'll I'll reset the clock. I guess I guess the umpire didn't realize. You got to say, hey, I may have broken my bat. You know, right? Right. My bat. Well, yeah. It's all about the feel. Hopefully, the umpires will have a feel for you know, if you foul a ball off your foot and you're hobbling around, hey, you know, give me give me a second. Yeah, I hope I get longer than 20 seconds <laughs> if I foul a ball off my foot. But um, some umpires will be like, hey, stone, you know, clock, clock, um, giving you a warning. But I don't think. You know, a lot of guys do that. It's a, they don't have to. It's a courtesy. But uh, it would be nice if they did, you know, because um, the clock does move fast on you, especially on foul balls. Like Lane hit that foul ball, yep. um, and next thing you know, he's getting rung up. And you were you, you played in the, in the Scherzer game, the game where Max tried to uh, finagle with the pitch <laughs> clock. Can you, can you go through your at-bat? Because you were kind of in the middle of that whole third inning. Yeah. Where he was, trying to quick, he was trying to quick pitch you, right? It's strictly a mind game with him, I feel like. Um, you know, he's Max Scherzer. His stuff's good. Um, and he's going to use everything to his advantage. He's pretty smart. Um, been around the game a long time. So, you know, if he can hold you on until one second after you've already called your timeout and dot you a 95-mile-an-hour fastball away, why wouldn't you when he's after he's disrupted your timing? Um, but, you know, guys are going to do that. Um, all you can do is compete when, you know, they do that, which is fine. I mean, they're going to take advantage of the clock, but hopefully, you know, in the future we can, you know, come to an agreement on something that doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, take baseball out of its natural flow. Yeah, that, that certainly did that inning of that game. But then we saw, you know, everybody keep one foot out of the box. Don't try and get in until 10 seconds and make sure you look up in time, which prevented him from quick pitching. 
you know, and then we were told yesterday that that's they don't want anyone to be quick pitched. That goes against what this is all about. Right. I think after that outing, he had um, they must have I don't know talked inner dialogue um, about hey we can't have guys quick pitching maybe for safety reasons. I don't mm-hmm. know, but um, the umpires are being more vocal about quick pitching now. Yeah. So no, if uh, you know if, if you're able to make the nationals and we go to San Francisco. Is your, is your dad going to be able to get some Nationals gear? Because there's a little story about this, right? Yeah, my dad showed up for my debut in San Fran. Uh, during the summer, I'll give him that. It was was August, it a night game? August 17th night game. It gets cold really yeah, fast. Short sleeves, didn't have anything to wear, um, any long sleeves to wear. So we had to, you know, he's uh, in San Francisco, so he had to buy a San Francisco hoodie. Um, so, you know, there he is, uh-huh. supporting his son on the Diamondbacks wearing a San Francisco hoodie. Well, that's all right. It makes you feel better. We were doing a game in Chicago, oh, yeah. and Dave's family was there. Was that when we opened the season opening, in Chicago? Opening day of 2012. And it was like, in, like 38 degrees. We have, a, we have a beautiful Cubs blanket that we've had <laughs> for a decade. It's one of the best blankets. But I'm like, you took my money and bought a Cubs blanket. <laughs> there you go. I guarantee you it happens every single year. Uh-huh. Stone, we appreciate you coming by. Thanks for doing this. It goes by fast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. All yeah, right, good, good luck the rest of the way here in the spring. and. I know these folks out here are rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. Stone Garrett, our guest here on Nationals Spring Training Live from ER Bradley Saloon in downtown West Palm Beach. Jake Urban, a right-hander, is trying to make the club. He will join us for the second half of our show after these messages. We're live here on 1067 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We're back here live at ER Bradley Saloon in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler with you for about another 25 minutes or so. This is National Spring Training Live. We're here Sunday, 6 to 7. So if you can be down here for spring training in the next week, our, our last show here from ER Bradley's will be next Sunday night. And we got a good group of people here in the bar at ER Bradley's who've come out, so we appreciate everybody who's here on hand tonight. Our guest here in the second half of the show is... A big right-handed pitcher, six feet, six inches tall. He's from Minnesota. He was drafted by his hometown twins in the 37th round in 2015, but he uh, did not sign. And then went on to pitch at the University of Oklahoma, where his teammate of Cade Cavalli for for one year, right? One yes, year. Sir. And Cade was on with us last week, and Jake came down and watched the show, so he got a preview of what it, what it was like. So. It wouldn't be a mystery when he was asked to come on with us. So, so here he is, fourth-round pick of the Nationals in 2018. Welcome, Jake. Thank you guys for having me. Now, you and you and Cade were squaring off in some uh, some billiards uh, action last week. I thought there was going to be a rematch. Now, <laughs> were, did you come out on top? And with you have bragging rights. Uh, when I played with his older brother, we played against him and his dad, Cade and his dad, and we beat him then. But head to head, 
not much of a match. Cade's a lot better, lot better pool player. Well, but I mean, you won last week, right? I did, I did win last All week. All right. Was he cutting hair at Oklahoma? Uh, not when I was there. That started, I think, his sophomore year. So uh, when I went back there and just visited, you know, during my off seasons, I got to see him cut a little bit of hair at, at, at OU. All right. So so you're there. I mean, talk about your college career leading up to it. And then, then he shows up as, as a freshman. Were you kind of a, a mentor to him? Yeah. You know, um, I was kind of tossed into a leadership role pretty early when I was there at OU. And um, the coaches, you know, wanted me to kind of take the lead there and once Cade showed up, you know, it, the first thing they said was take him under your wing, kind of show him the ropes and mm-hmm. teach him how to be be a professional and, and be, a, you know, one of our guys. And Cade stepped into that role and did a tremendous job and obviously to this day continues to do that. And obviously the, the National Scout, that, that school, I mean, obviously they're, they're going to scout everybody, yeah. but you look at the, who they've drafted. They drafted you in 2018, they drafted Cade in 2020, and drafted another Oklahoma pitcher two years later in Jake Bennett. So that's three pretty high picks spent on OU pitchers in a five-year stretch do you are, are the Nationals kind of a presence around there do you notice their their scouts uh, more than other teams or uh, what, how did that work out not necessarily you know I think they just have a really good relationship with the head coach there Skip Johnson and you know Skip is a brilliant pitching mind and what he's been able to do with the staffs over the years uh, just you know kind of speaks for itself and I think the Nationals really like what he does in terms of getting guys ready for the professional level and um, obviously, it's worked out a little bit for us. Like everybody else, as your career is progressing, COVID hits in 2020, and there's no minor league season. Right. So the next thing was you're, you're in the Instructional League after the year when you um, started? I actually went to the alt site. I was at, okay, the, alt site, at the alt site. That's, that's where I blew out, ended up getting Tommy John at the end of that season. Um, went rehabbed it for a little bit, went to – instructional league and that's that's when we decided that we were going to go down the surgery route i mean that's uh so that puts you down here so you've spent quite a bit of time in in west palm west palm has uh, been home so i mean the tommy john rehab i mean it's kind of it's a progression how, how tough and, and monotonous was that to go through because you probably hadn't gone through anything like that right. before in your no definitely i think you, you just got to have a good perspective about things once you realize that you're on the shelf for about a year and a half you can either you know, dwell on it and feel bad for yourself or you can make the most of it. So I think just kind of going into it with a day-to-day focus of attacking every day with the best you've got and making sure that when that 15 months is up, you didn't waste any time and you're healthy and ready to go. Because certain guys have come back throwing a little harder. I mean, that's because probably you're working your core, you're working your legs. I mean, is that what your focus was? Because you couldn't couldn't use this right arm. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot about, you know, the mechanics of things, but also just learning more about your body. While you're going through all that rehab stuff, you, you just learn different things about your arm, how your legs work, and how it all works as one big package. So, um, you know, things come together a lot that way, and obviously having a new fresh ligament helps a little bit too. Fortunately, unfortunately, it's become a, a common injury for, for sure. pitchers. So there are a lot of people who have undergone it. I mean, Tanner Rainey in the last year, even position player like Carter Keyboom. Yeah. I guess he's re- rehabbing the same time as you down here last year. Yeah. No, it's 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 a bear. You know, the 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 fact that that's become kind of mainstream in the game of baseball is is a bit of a bummer. But you know, I do think that guys that have it at a young age, it, it does teach you a lot about yourself and kind of the path you're going down in your career and uh, handling things like an adult. So. Like I said, if you make the most of it, it can definitely be a positive thing. Yeah, and, and the Nationals have a protocol as to how they handle pitchers you know, coming back from Tommy John mm-hmm. surgery. Your protocol last year, it looks like when you when you started the year at Wilmington, you were, you were on a pretty strict 
uh, innings limit. Like you, you, you threw 30 innings and nine starts. You never went more than four innings. I mean, you're sitting there going, I can't get a win. <laughs> yeah. I can't go deep in the game. But then you, you moved up to double A and you were able to you know, kind of extend. And obviously, I think they, they shut you down right around that 100 inning or so mm-hmm. mark. So, uh, you know. How was that to go through? Because, I mean, you get the ball, you you know, you want to go as, as long as you can, but you kind of knew I, they're not going to let me do that. Right, right. At the end of the day, um, like I said, it's, it's a lot about trusting that process. You know, uh, you might be thrown in games, but you're still rehabbing. And if you look at it that way and kind of treat it as like, all right, these two or three innings are the most important innings that I'm going to get at this point in the season and this point in my rehab process, um, it's kind of easy to attack it that way. Obviously, being a competitor, you get, you know, the itch to just go out there and compete for as long as you can. But you got to know the Nationals had my best interest in mind and uh, the communication was fantastic on their end. You've always been a starting pitcher. Yes, sir. And that's how they're building you up now this spring. Yep. So when they would talk about and, you know, where you were in 100 innings or so last year, as you go into spring training, do they talk about how many innings you could possibly have this year? Um, to be honest, it hasn't come up. I think that the reins are just kind of pulled off and just ready to go, ready to compete. So with not being a reliever, you're, you're getting a chance to, to compete in big league spring training games, but you're, you're coming in the bullpen. So right. how do you adjust your routine to something you haven't done a whole lot of? Yeah, it's a little bit different, you know. Um, I think just kind of being ready at all times is um, a skill in itself. And no matter what the opportunity is, I'm just happy to get the innings here at camp and uh, preparing myself for whatever inning they tell me I'm going to have. So I treat it like a start and just go out there and compete. What has been the advantage of being in big league spring training? You get to you get to see what the older guys do. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, you know, obviously being able to pick their brains is huge, but just being able to watch them go about their business and see, you know, the professional side of things and, you know, guys that have been – been here been doing this for a really long time they've obviously stuck around for a reason so just being able to see that and kind of pick up things that i can use for my career it's it's been fantastic yeah we, we asked stone who he was looking for for position players i mean is it is it trevor williams for you got being a right-handed pitcher or is it corbin too i mean because for sure you got a lot of young guys who are trying to, to be there so is it corbin and williams are they the two main guys for you starters yeah corbin and williams are very easy to look up to you know they've they've been in that role for a really long time and um, those guys are happy to help, and you can tell that they're they're there and they mean business every day. So um, I think that they're going to be obviously a huge part of what we're doing this year. But in terms of helping us young guys, they've they've definitely been massive. How about when you were rehabbing down here? And it's unfortunate Steven Strasburg hasn't been able to right. come back, but he spent a lot of time down here too. Did you get yeah. to pick his brain a little bit? I actually didn't. I didn't see, see much of Steven when I was down here. Um, Aaron Barrett, though, I know that he's, huh. he's one of the Nats' favorites. And yep. uh, he was down there and doing some sort of rehab at the same time. And I had played with Aaron in 2018, and uh, he's become a good friend of mine. And, you know, just being around a guy like that while you're going through something like that, it was truly fantastic. Yeah, because he, he'd been through some tough injuries. He has, man. He's been through it all. Now I think he's he's retired. He just retired, yeah. Yep. Motivational speaking, huh? Yeah. Is, I, I think th- the way he's is going. Is he working with the Phillies? The last I had seen, he might have been doing some sort of rehab role with the Phillies. Um, I have to look into that. Okay, I, yeah. I heard, sort of heard that something like that. Yeah. that's he pitched the AAA for them. For sure. Last yeah, year. Sure. Yep. So that would be interesting. All right, we need to take a break. We're visiting with Jake Irvin, Nationals right-hander here at ER Bradley's on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. 
You're listening to National Spring Training Live here in Florida on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Back with more after these words. Back here at our Bradley Saloon in downtown West Palm Beach. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagger with you. It's National Spring Training Live, Sundays 6 to 7. We're visiting with Nationals right-hander Jake Irvin, talking during the break as you grew up in the, the Minneapolis area. So the Twins were your team? The Twins were my team. Yeah, I, I can't say I have any allegiance to them anymore, but uh, growing up I was a big fan of guys like Michael Kadire, Joe Maurer, you know, um, Justin Morneau. So that no, no pitchers. No pitcher. I wasn't a, a Pat Johan Santana. I, oh. I loved Johan Santana, but I was I was more of like Could outside you? of Maurer. I liked the guys that were just grinders, and that well, was that was more my my style. Well, Nishek had the weird delivery. Did you did you try to copy that? I mean, you're oh. you're like a conventional over the top power right. Yeah. I mean, no, you can't throw a ball like Nishek throws no, the ball. But I loved it. I played short growing up, and that was like I. Just pick up the ball and throw it from as low as I possibly could. I wore 17 as a kid. That was his number two. Wow. But, yeah, the Twins definitely got me started in baseball. That's where, that's where the love come from. A lot of games at the Metrodome? Quite a few. Quite a few games at the Metrodome. Quite a few games at Target Field. But uh, there's nothing like baseball at the Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a unique uh, unique experience to go there. Yeah. So you, you were wow. in Bloomington, which is Mall of America. Mall of America. I, I mean, that, I, that place is unbelievable. It's, it is unbelievable. You spent a lot of time there? But yeah, definitely. And you, could, you could live there. That's the real estate where baseball started. Met Stadium. Yeah, yep. Metropolitan Stadium yep. where the Twins and the Vikings right. both played yeah. before they moved to the city. And they built the biggest mall in America Yeah, on no, that spot. The mall's great. You know, I, they still have the old home plate there uh, from Met Stadium. And then there's a, a chair 500 feet away or something from some home run that Harmon Killebrew hit, and, and, and they love it. So I, anytime we go there, you know, got to stand on home, got to check out the, got to <laughs> check out the chair. <laughs> Nothing from football. I, I remember, oh my, the Vikings playing, and mm -hmm. you know the, the the breath coming out of Bud Grant. And both teams were on the same sideline, right? At, at when they played football there. Yeah, no, no Vikes memorials there. A little surprising, but. They, they keep the Twins memorabilia, for no, sure. We were talking before the show, you, uh, you're also a big hockey guy. So can big we, can we get you on the, on the Capitals, or are you just going to be on the Wild bandwagon? You know what? I, I'm a Wild fan until I die, but there's a special place in my heart for the Caps. I'm a big Obi fan. Nice. Um, big TJ Oshie fan, being a Minnesota guy, and mm -hmm. what he's done for Team USA, you know, in the Olympics and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, you can sway me a little bit with the Caps. All right, so are you, if you sit down to watch, are you watching hockey first or, or baseball first? Uh, <laughs> that's a tough question okay. because baseball season starts up right around the playoffs, and if, if playoff hockey's on, I'm watching playoff hockey. But I'm with you. Yeah, if it's regular season for the two, then I'm, I'm going to tune into baseball. But that's your thing in the winter, right? That's definitely my thing in the winter, absolutely. But you like watching it from warm weather now, though, right? Once, <laughs> once you get to warm weather – is it tough going back to Minnesota? It is. It, it's definitely tough going back. You know, you can't beat hockey in Minnesota, but you can beat a lot of other things in, in those Minnesota winters. So. Well, the, the schedule makers were nice. They're sending us Target Field in April. So yeah. we might get a couple of snow outs. Oh, the, man. We'll, we'll uh, take advantage of the above-ground walkways to, you know, from our, get to our hotel to Target Field. Right. I, we, we played there in September in 2019, and I, I walked the upper – walkways to get to target field. oh yeah the skyways the, the, the city above this above the street yeah it's pretty cool my college coach uh skip johnson would actually call minneapolis the city of gerbils because everybody <laughs> walks through the skyways nobody goes down on the streets <laughs> i remember back when i was doing the nba this is going back when the wizards were the bullets when the timberwolves started 
we stayed at the Marriott City Center, which is like a block and a half from the Target Center. Sure. I remember coming out of a game. We were staying overnight, and the team bus, they actually had a bus to go block and a half, but it was gone. I was like, I'm going to walk, and the security guy goes there. I wouldn't do it if I were you. Yeah. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you don't have a hat. It's a, I said, it's a block and a half. He goes, your ears will be frostbitten by yeah. the time you make the – don't do it. That's some type of cold that you just never get used to. <laughs> but you still live there in the offseason. I still do. Even yep. though you went to Oklahoma. Yep. So how do you, how do you – tra- I mean, it's, you know, it's not like a Florida guy. You can train – you know, Stone was saying he was in Scottsdale, so they're training outside. How does a how do you cold weather guys train in the off season? Yeah, you know, we have a uh, great indoor facilities. The place I work out, it's a place called North Star Performance Training. They run um, a club baseball team out of there, so it has all the resources that I need. And then the guy that I've been working with, I've been working with for the last couple of years, and uh, you know, he's taken me through some things that right after rehab, you know, we continued to work on some of the stuff that I had implemented then, and then implemented some of his own stuff and you know i fell in love with kind of his training method and uh hard to leave yeah so you, so you don't feel like you're behind all the you know the, the florida guys or the texas guys or i, I kind of treat it as like an advantage you know those guys have been working out in the hot weather like their body's used to it when i'm grinding in the cold i gotta come down here and i feel fantastic you know my body's ready to go for the first time in however many months and these guys are all used to it so Try to, well, try to use it as an advantage. Yeah, the, the hardest adjustment is when you come out of spring training and you go to a, a northeastern city, right. and you, you know, the, all of a sudden, man, it hits you in the face. Yep. Yeah, that's when everybody's worried about pulling a muscle or, right. or whatever because your body's it's, – it's a shock, especially yep. if you – you know, like what, the year we opened up at Wrigley Field and it's 38 <laughs> degrees. Yep. Nobody yep. wants to play in the cold, but, you know, I'll play in the cold any day. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that, and – like I said, kind of try to use that to my advantage. And it's a different when you're from a, from a northern city. It's a, it's a different start to the season. It definitely because summer's not coming for quite a while. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you got to deal with the snow, the cold rain. I mean, that, that freezing rain's a little bit a little bit different. I'd almost rather have have snow than that. But like you said, you got to got to ask if you like. Jordan Zimmerman, remember, former pitcher yeah. for the Nationals from Wisconsin Stevens Point? Yep. If it was like 45 degrees, he was still pitching with no sleeves. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't like the, the feel of the sleeves. And wow. Like I said, just kind of wear the weather and grind it out. Now, I mean, you're, you're obviously in, you're in big league camp. You've had a few appearances. Last year you finished the year at AA. So, I mean, you're still you're trying to make the team. But if your season does start in the minor leagues, you might be wearing short sleeves in Rochester, and that's a yeah. That's a real Ooh, cold. You'll be ready for that one. Real cold. Be ready to go. All right. I mean, I, <laughs> they had they snow have... on the field yesterday. The place was covered with snow. There you go. Like I said, it's my advantage. So, <laughs> <laughs> have, have you put thought into how you're, you know, where you want to start the season? <laughs> where I, mean, I want to start the season? I know where you. <laughs> no, I'm. It's none of that stuff's up to me. You know, so my my job is to come to the field every day and prepare like I'm going to be pitching for the team in D.C. and no matter what happens I'm, I'm just grateful to be here and happy to go to work every day around you know fantastic people and just get after it and 100 percent healthy 100 percent healthy that's the biggest thing that's a road back isn't it it is it really is and that's you know like I said got to be grateful and just happy to be here Jake we appreciate you coming by best of luck the rest of the spring and uh wherever you may be, and hopefully we're going to see you in D.C. this year. I appreciate you guys. All right, thank, thank you very you. much. Right-hander Jake Irvin has joined us here at ER Bradley Saloon. Thanks for giving him a hand, folks. Thank you, folks, for being here to take in the show, enjoy the food and the beverages, and come back next Sunday when we're here for our last show of the spring, 6 
to seven here at ER Bradley Saloon. Our next game broadcast will come up Thursday night from the ballpark of the Palm Beaches when the Nationals take on the Mets. Six o'clock airtime. We will have it for you live on 1067 The Fan. Thanks to our engineer here in the booth and wherever we go, including ER Bradley's. The jack of all things, Jack Hicks. Slick Vic Ferreira at the controls in our studio. For Dave Jackler, Charlie Slow saying stay tuned now for Westwood's One. Uh, they're going to have the brackets for you. Everything. Selection Sundays coming up next here on 106.7 The Fan. Have a good night, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.